Girlfriends, episode number 161, Three Ways to Declutter. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about decluttering. You know you need to do it. Can't wait to get started with you. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I am so happy that you are here. You know I always love to connect with you in this way each week. This week, we're talking about decluttering. But before we get started on that, I need to first fess up that I am turning into my mom. Are you turning into your mom? (laughs) This is something we fear as we grow older. Well, the way I'm turning into my mom right now is I am drinking a nice mug of hot water. (laughs) Okay, this is my new habit. This is something I've been doing. Um, I heard it on a podcast. um, I can't even remember who's anymore. Somebody admitted that they were drinking hot water this winter. And I was like, huh, because I really love to drink warm beverages all winter. um, And as many people do, coffee and uh, any kind of tea, really, I love them all. Um, But I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I think I'm drinking a lot of caffeine just because I want a warm drink. And so whenever I heard this woman say she drinks hot water, I was like, huh, my mom does that. (laughs) And I always make fun of my mom for doing that. But I've been giving it a try. And it's actually a great way for me to drink more water because, you know, we all need to be hydrating throughout the day. And few of us are getting as much water as we need to, to keep ourselves healthy. And It's kind of unpleasant to drink cold or even room temperature water when it's freezing out, as it is right now, because I'm recording this in my car and it's 23 degrees out. I did run the car before I started recording, so it's a little bit warmed up. But anyway, just so you know, the sacrifices I'm making for you and nobody tell my mom because I I have made fun of my mom for drinking hot water. And yet here I am with my nice steaming mug of hot water. Give it a try. Don't make fun of me. Give it a try first and then you can make fun of me. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, this week's topic is ways to declutter. I'm going to talk about three different ways to declutter. I promised you this episode was coming. I told you I was listening to Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which seems to have taken over the world, honestly. So her book came out, I want to say it was three years ago, but maybe it was just two. Anyway, it was a a sensation back then. And now it's sort of... um, enjoying new life because she's got this Netflix series of which I have only watched one. But my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, Kadri, was home over the weekend and she was talking about how she's been watching the Netflix series and the ways in which she's changed the way she's folding her clothes and, um, you know, organizing her apartment. And it really made me think, oh, yeah, I forgot I'm supposed to be doing this decluttering episode of the podcast and I do need to talk about this. So here we are. Have you read Marie Kondo's book? So that's where I'm going to start. I'm going to talk about three different areas of your life, ways that you can declutter. And um, the Marie Kondo thing is only for the first one, which is declutter your living space, right? Because that's what she focuses on. In each of these three different categories I'm going to share with you, I'm also going to give you two challenges so to think about in the coming week, something to take on, okay? So let's talk about decluttering your living space, which is what Marie Kondo's book is all about, your living spaces, decluttering. And I told you guys about um, my mudroom 
And I told you I needed you to hold me accountable for cleaning up my mudroom because it was a disaster. Well, I'm proud to say that I did. I did clean it out. Um, it's probably been about two weeks now and it's staying clean. This is the other thing. Um, for those of you who haven't read Marie Kondo's book, I'm going to share with you what I like about it um, and what gives me pause about it. <laughs> but so first of all, what I like about Marie Kondo's book and what she calls the Mari method of, she calls it tidying up. And really that's just a Japanese way, I think, of saying decluttering cleaning up mostly, getting rid of stuff for the most part is what she's encouraging people to do. And you've probably seen this, you know, where she encourages people to hold items that they own as they're going through and deciding what to keep and what to toss. And ask yourself if it sparks joy for you. If it sparks joy, then you keep it. You figure out where you're going to keep it, where you're going to store it. If it doesn't spark joy, then you get rid of it, give it away, throw it away, whatever you need to do, but you don't keep that item. This is what I really liked about uh, Marie Kondo's method was that she knows and acknowledges the weight, the emotional weight that our stuff takes on us. Our, our stuff it 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 weighs down on us and sometimes in good ways right we're happy to have things um and things that spark joy or whatever way you want to put that things that make you happy um but then in some ways we're holding on to things out of a sense of guilt out of a sense of obligation out of a sense of failure sometimes um you know what i'm talking about if you've ever sorted through like old like fitness dvds that you never played or um you know books that you meant to read but you never did clothing that you spent money on but you never wore for whatever reason that there's a lot of guilt associated with these things and we hold on to things sometimes out of that sense of obligation or guilt. And so I love that Marie Kondo talks about that and encourages us to let those things go. What she encourages you to do is if it no longer sparks joy, which those things I just listed, anything in that category, if you're decluttering an area of your house, anything in that category um, does not spark joy. It's making you feel guilty. It's making you feel miserable. It's making you feel like a failure, right? So um, if it doesn't spark joy, she says, you know, acknowledge that it has served its purpose. And I love this. This was very freeing for me. Um, I do tend to um, live uh, more simply with regard to stuff. I'm not so much of a hoarder, but like I said, areas of my house can get out of control, like the mudroom, which was kind of a everybody toss it here spot <laughs> all through the holidays when we hosted multiple events. And, um, you know, so I wasn't getting around to stuff like that. And it just piled up. So it was really, it was well out of control by the time I went in there. But if you're going through stuff and deciding what to keep and what to toss, it, you know, ask yourself if it sparks joy, if it makes you happy, if it's something that's bringing joy to you, or if it's something that's weighing you down, that's making you feel guilty, that you think I need to hold on to this because I never did use it and I spent money on this, right? But I, I love that Marie Kondo encourages you to, in those situations, say, yeah, I never used this, but it served its purpose. It has taught me that I don't need this in my life. It has taught me that I don't value this. It has taught me that this isn't a, a kind of fitness that I like to do. It has taught me that this isn't the kind of clothing that I like to wear. It served its purpose and then let it go. And I found that this was very a very helpful way of looking at it. Of course, Marie Kondo is Buddhist. And so there's some spirituality in her book. This is where I have hesitations, <laughs> where she's talking about items like uh, they have energy and that they have, uh, she doesn't say they have feelings, but she kind of does because she talks about, um, 
you know, being kind to your, your clothing and your items and storing them nicely. Like I can appreciate, you know, if you have clothing, you should care for it well, but I'm not worried about how my socks feel in my drawer, right? I mean, I'm just not. Uh, so, you know, some of that gives me pause. But if you can handle that, I, I for sure recommend Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And this is this is what I like about it, that it has this kind of concept of letting go of things and acknowledging that they've served their purpose. And when you're letting go of things, Marie Kondo encourages you to thank the item. But you don't need to do that. I just give thanks to God that I had access to that item and that it taught me whatever it taught me or served whatever purpose it served. Now, I found this was really helpful um, in going through stuff that might be my kids' stuff, which I've cleaned out other areas of my house, other storage areas, um, and uh, oh, my pantry. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there were many things in my pantry that I needed to admit no longer were useful to me. They had served their purpose and I could give thanks to God that I had had that small appliance and I wasn't going to use it again and put it in the donate box, right? Um, so I just want to, I want to encourage you if you've been uh, a little bit cautious as I was when, when Marie Kondo's book first came out and everybody was raving about it, I was like, what does this single childless Japanese woman have to tell me about my life. She has no idea about my life. Well, you know what? She actually does. She knows quite a bit about the ways in which people keep things and why they keep things and how to kind of overcome that. So I, I really admire her a lot. I think she's a, a smart lady and has a lot to offer people, especially Americans who have so much stuff. We just have so much stuff that um, all of us can afford to declutter and um, get rid of some of our stuff. So anyway, that's my first area that to encourage you to declutter in the coming weeks um, is your living space. And now I've got a couple of challenges for you. So the first challenge, and you knew this one's coming, clean a space that you've been putting off cleaning like my mudroom. <laughs> it will feel amazing once you do it. Okay. Put it on your calendar. That's how I finally got to my mudroom was I put it on my calendar like Thursday evening. I am doing that thing. And uh, so then I didn't schedule anything and made sure other people covered rides and whatnot. And I, I focused for a few hours and really got through it. So put it on your calendar. Commit to what that thing is. It might be a closet that's horrible. <laughs> that you need to clean out. It might be drawers, like your dresser drawers. Are they out of control? What have you been putting off cleaning and you know it needs it? Pick that space, whatever came to mind. Be honest when I said that, what came to mind and clean it out. Commit to cleaning it out. This is a great time of year for doing this because we're getting ready for Lent. It's great to simplify. It's great to go through. It's great to give away things that are still valuable that are no longer useful to you. It's great to kind of simplify our living spaces. And then you get the bonus because we've talked about winter blahs, right? And I mentioned deep cleaning a space as a way to kind of overcome those winter blahs. First of all, you feel useful when you're cleaning out a space. It feels really good to get to the bottom of things and really clean something out and really know what's in that space and make it more livable and useful to you and your family and make it more pleasant. Like um, after I read Marie Kondo's book, I've been uh, kind of going through space by space in my room and, um, you know, cleaning out our bedroom, which I mentioned we had done, but there's still like a couple of areas like the upper shelf in a closet in there that I needed to get to. Um, there, 
were kitchen cabinets that I've gone through now, my pantry, which really needed to get done. And it just feels amazing that every time you see that space, you're reminded of that work that you did. And it looks great and it feels great. It gives you a boost. So give yourself that gift this week. Whatever area came to mind when I said what you've been putting off cleaning, do it. Commit to doing it and give yourself that gift of that clean space that's really going to make you feel good. So that's one of the ways to declutter in your living space, okay? And then the challenge number two under this category of decluttering your living space is to clean a storage space. These are areas that I think we sometimes avoid because people don't generally see them, right? It might be, like I mentioned, a top shelf in a closet. It might be, like I mentioned, a pantry or, um, oh, in, in cabinets in your bathroom where you store stuff. These tend to get out of control, at least for me, um, because we don't store things. This is another way I find Marie Kondo helpful is she encourages us to store things in a way that we can see what we have. Um, because, like, let, let's use that bathroom cabinet example. Uh, I might have like four new bottles of shampoo in there, but they're way in the back and I can't see them. So I don't know that I even have them. Maybe I bought them on sale and then completely forgot I did. And then I'll bump into a shampoo sale again, stock up again. Before I know it, I've got like 15 bottles of shampoo in my cabinet. Nobody needs that. And it's taking up too much space, right? So think of a storage area that you could clean. It might be a closet. It might be a cabinet. It might be your medicine cabinet. Um, I did this in my kitchen with, um, I have some shelves where I keep spices and other cooking stuff. Honestly, it didn't even take me 30 minutes. It took me probably 20 minutes to go through. I tossed a bunch of stuff that was like past date, really old, whatever. Um, and organized it, not in alphabetical order. I'm not like that about my spices, but I organized it so that I had all of my baking stuff in one place and my cooking spices and whatnot in another space. And wow, it's much more usable. And I know what I have. Now I'm not going to buy, you know, a little thing of thyme leaves because I know I have uh, two of them, you know, sitting in my little shelf that I didn't know I had, right? So just, it really is helpful to know what you have. And I found this too, when I deep cleaned my pantry, can you tell Marie Kondo inspired me? I've been going through all the areas of my house. Um, and, you know, even if mostly your house is neat and clean um, and not cluttered, storage spaces have a way of becoming cluttered uh, just because we're not seeing them. They're not, they're not often, like if company's coming over, generally you're not cleaning out your bathroom cabinet because nobody's going to be seeing in there. But, you know, think about a place, might be your pantry, it might be your cooking spices, it might be your bathroom cabinet, but think of a storage space that generally you might not consider cleaning out and spend some time cleaning that out. And that's what you'll find is really helpful is you'll know what you have. And there, there's a certain sense of peace that comes with that. I didn't even realize, you know, in going through my bathroom cabinets, I didn't even realize, you know, how much stuff I had, um, but also how much it kind of weighs on me. Like you run into a sale on, you know, whatever, you know, soap or whatever that you might use. And you actually have no idea how much of that you have at home and if it's a good idea to pick it up. Um, and now I know. And it kind of, you know, reading Marie Kondo's book kind of gave me a, a feeling of the freedom to be like, I do not need to be stocking up, you know, 47 bottles of that lotion, even if I love it. Like, think about how long it takes you to go through things and be honest about it. You know, that was part of what she did in one of her one of her chapters was, I forget what it was, somebody had a certain amount of, I, I think it was like conditioner or something, and it was a crazy amount. And she kind of like worked through the math of how long it would take that person to use all of that conditioner. Like, you do not need 
80 years worth of conditioner in your bathroom cabinet. You don't even need three years of conditioner in your bathroom cabinet. That it's kind of ridiculous. And then, you know, when you store that much stuff, it it can go go bad and it won't be useful by the time you get around to it and or you forget you have it and you never use it. So that's not serving its purpose. So um, look for a storage area of your house, whatever. Um, you know, it could be a big one, but it could be a small one. Like I said, just clean up your your spices or your, your baking stuff or whatever. Um, but look for a way to do that. So that's my second challenge for you under decluttering your living space. Okay. The second area of your life. I promised you three. That's the first one. Your living space is your first one to declutter. The second area of your life that I want to encourage you this week to think about decluttering is your digital space. Okay. Talked about your living space, but how often do you think about decluttering in terms of your digital space? But this is something that I have found is really actually helpful to me um, with regard to my my screen time, my phone use, and uh, time spent on my computer. You don't realize how cluttered up that sort of thing gets and how much it can affect your mood and your stress levels and your anxiety, at least for me anyway. This was a huge thing. So my first challenge under cleaning up your digital space is to track your screen time, okay? Um, and this isn't so much decluttering, but it is. It's decluttering your life by having less digital stuff in it, right? So I'm not telling you how much time you can spend on your phone each day, but I am going to tell you that it's helpful to know, to know that number, you know, like in a, like perhaps like um, a money management program, the first thing any, any advisor is going to tell you to do is lay it all out there. What do you have in debt? What do you have in income? You know? Look at the the hard truth. Well, look at the hard truth with regard to your screen time. This is easy. If you have an iPhone, your iPhone is already tracking your screen time. Did you know that? It is. And uh, it's just an app that's inside of the settings. So if you go on settings, you can find screen time in there. Click on it. It will show you how you're spending your time on your phone. It will show you what your average is over the past seven days for the amount of time you spent on your phone. And it will break it down between different categories, um, which apps you've been using for how long and how long you've used it so far today. You know, there's the daily tracker and then you can look back at the last seven days and find an average there. So honestly assess how you're spending your time. I was not doing this. And shortly after Christmas, someone introduced me to the screen time on my phone and I was aghast by how much time I spent on my phone. I will not even share the numbers with you. I'm so embarrassed of how bad it was. And that wasn't work. Sure, some of it was work. Most of it, I'm gonna say, was a huge waste of time. It was me mindlessly just picking up my phone and scrolling through Instagram for absolutely no reason. So when I saw those numbers, I was like, this is not how I wanna be spending my life, right? This chunk of my life. When you lay it out there, it's sometimes really eye-opening in a way that can really be a check for you. So you can manage your screen time. And then once you're aware of it, this is kind of like how, you know, Fitbits work. And, you know, I track my steps on my phone most days. And it just becomes motivating just knowing, just knowing, you know, checking in and saying, oh, I've taken this many steps. Well, maybe I need to move around a little bit more, you know. Um, just having that knowledge is motivating. And the same is true with your screen time. Just having that knowledge of, oh, wow, I've already spent like 30 minutes of my day on Twitter today. That's probably good. I'm probably all set. Um, so, you know, so first of all that, just 
honestly assess your time. And using that Screen Time app can be really a great and honest way to track your time and assess how much time you're spending on these things. Um, but there are other apps too. If you don't have an iPhone, um, I'm, I know I've got a friend who uses an Android and she has a certain app that she uses and she told me there are multiple. So um, if somebody has one that they especially love as a way that you track your screen time on your phone that really works for you, especially if you're an Android user, because it's not really built in, I don't think, um, let me know and I'll share it with people here. But then once you're tracking, maybe give some consideration to spending less time on there or in those places, right? Think about how it's affecting your day. Think about how it's affecting your relationships with the people in your life. Think about how it's affecting the quality of your work. I know for me, if I'm working on a project, like a writing project or something, I leave my phone in another place because I know if it's sitting right next to me, uh, especially if I have notifications on, forget it. Like I'm just going to be picking it up every time it makes a noise. But um, even if it's just sitting right next to me, I'm going to be picking it up. It's going to be a distraction and I'm going to have to refocus on what I'm doing. If you want to be focused on your work, if you want to be focused on your relationships with the people in your life in meaningful ways, then be honest about how much time you're spending on your phone and how it's affecting those things. Um, in screen time, uh, on your iPhone, if you have an iPhone, it's really easy. You can manage it. I've set time limits each day for social media for me. And it's been great. It's been a wonderful reminder. Sometimes I'm surprised, like my time limit will come up. Like I only do allow myself 30 days, 30 days, <laughs> 30 minutes a day on Twitter. And it comes up and it reminds you, like you're all done. And I, and sometimes I'm really surprised, like, oh my gosh, really? I just spent 30 minutes on Twitter or I've already done that today. And so it's a really kind of a, a helpful check and a way of just giving you a, a, a little dose of reality with regard to how much time you're spending on your screen. So that's my first way to help you declutter your digital space is um, track your time. See how much time you're spending on those things. All right. Challenge number two under decluttering your digital space is clean up your home screens. Have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about how it affects you when you open up your phone and there's 10 million apps like looking at you and you got to scroll around and look around for the one that you want, right? So this is a, a little trick that um, a friend of mine showed me years ago and I, I've used it ever since, but I've also uh, kind of adjusted how I'm using it since I've been tracking my screen time. Um, you can make folders on your phone and you can put multiple apps into a folder. If you don't know how to do that, you know, just Google it. There's all kinds of tutorials to show you how to do that on your phone, but it's really a very easy process to make these folders. And so I have my phone. Let's see. I do have it right here. So I'm going to tell you how I have it set up on the bottom for where you can have big icons on an iPhone. I just have my email. I have messages. I have my phone. Like, did you know you can use your phone as a phone? <laughs> That's sort of a reminder to myself. This is a phone, right? And then my web browser. Okay, so those are my four big ones on the bottom. And then all of it's blank except for four folders at the top. I have a productivity folder where I keep multiple things for work. Um, I have a couple of different email addresses, calendars, um, my settings, and that sort of thing. Then the next folder I have is prayer. And it has my litany of trust is, is bookmarked in there. My um, litany of humility, those that I've been praying every day, like I said, right? So here's your little side note check-in. Have you been praying those along with us? I hope you have. Um, some other like rosary apps um, and, you know, cool stuff like that, That's that daily readings and whatnot. So I keep all of those inside their own folder. So like my screen is mostly blank and it has a nice kind of cloud scene in the background. Sometimes I'll put a picture of a kid or Dan or something on there. Um, 
just to kind of simplify your home screen. Then the next one is for my husband's business. It's all the different apps um, that that go for my husband's business, the email for that and whatnot. Sometimes I need to pitch in there. So um, I have those ready to go there. And then I just have the camera. So I can quickly just hit that button if I want to take a photo sometime. And that's it on my home screen. So it's all mostly blank, right? And it's actually very peaceful to look at the home screen. It's not an overwhelming stress ball when you open up your phone. And then if you if you tab over, slide over, I have other folders. And I have my social media in a separate folder all the way on the, the far side of that page. So I have to scroll a couple of times and then click if I want to go on to social media on my phone. So it really, those couple of little moves like scroll, scroll, click, they stop me. <laughs> and it's funny. It makes me pause. Like, what am I doing? Like, rather than just mindlessly picking up my phone and, and clicking on a social media app like I used to do in the past, I'm not doing that anymore because it's not as easy to do. It has to be more of a deliberate decision. So I want to encourage you to do that on your phone home screen. Just clean it up in a way that actually makes sense for you and that, you know, is going to actually make your phone look much cleaner. The stuff that you don't use as much, you know, hide it away in there. You don't have to have that right up front. You don't have to have apps outside of folders that are, you know, all over the place on your phone. So you have to scroll through a thousand things to get to the one thing that you want. Um, so make it a more useful tool for yourself in that way. But also look at the home screen on if you use a laptop or a desktop. Look at the home screen on there. I did this over the weekend and uh, I don't know about you, but I save way too much stuff on my desktop, on on my my Mac. It's just like so cluttered and ridiculous. Like this, this little image that I used this one time, you know, a year ago is still sitting on my desktop. So dumb, right? Clean it up. Make it look more pleasant and more appealing and streamlined. And um, it will make it a more useful tool to you. But also just give you that boost of having decluttered space inside of, you know, what you're doing every day. So those are the two challenges for decluttering your digital space. First of all, track your screen time. Look for ways to control that. And then challenge number two, clean up your home screens on your phone, on your laptop in a way that makes sense. Okay, so those are the first two ways that I want to encourage you to declutter this week. Declutter your living space and declutter your digital space. Now, I promised you three. And if you know me, you can probably guess what number three is. And it is declutter your spiritual space. Okay, we've talked about this, um, that there are ways in which clutter builds up in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, right? Spiritually speaking, we carry around a lot of clutter, stuff that weighs us down sometimes. So um, also, if you know me, you're going to know what my first challenge is, right? What am I going to tell you to do? I'm going to tell you to go to confession. And you know what? I'm talking to myself as much as you. It's been over six weeks. It might have even been eight weeks since I last went. And I really try to go more regularly than that. Um, and recently I tried to go, but the line was so huge. And this one lady who went in first took like uh, three quarters of the time that was available for confession. It was a bad moment for me. Um, <laughs> anyway, God bless that lady. I hope she got what she needed out of the sacrament that day. Um, and I hope it wasn't a chit chat session. Anyway, um, all of that said, get yourself to confession. It's a great time of year to go because we're preparing for Lent, right? So give yourself that boost. 
relieve yourself of the burden of the sins that you're carrying around and putting off till later thinking, oh, that's, oh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to go this weekend, right? Do you play these games with yourself? Like, oh, we're busy. Oh, this thing's going on. Oh, it's not particularly convenient. Find a way and just go, whether you pick some time that's available during the weekdays or you um, make, make sure you're there at your, you know, your parish's weekend confession time. Um, find a way to just go, let go of the stuff, declutter yourself spiritually, let go of those sins. Um, if you don't have an examination of conscience that you especially like to use already, I really recommend finding one. Um, maybe I can look some up and share them in the show notes at ascensionpress.com um, because it's really a helpful way. I find using different ones. Sometimes I'll, I'll kind of challenge myself with a new one um, because it can be a way that the Holy Spirit can really kind of open up your heart and your mind to areas of your spiritual life where you really need to grow. Areas you might be tempted to kind of brush off as not not important or um, not something that you need to focus on, uh, not a big deal, that maybe that's a sin, but it's not a big one, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that really, it's a, it's a wonderful way to kind of challenge yourself to grow inside of your spiritual life. So I want to encourage you to do that. Find a way to get yourself to confession. The timing is perfect because we're getting ready for Lent. Go into Lent ready spiritually prepare yourself by getting that sacrament of confession and relieving yourself of some of that stuff that you're carrying around stop making excuses just go to confession okay that's your first challenge under decluttering your spiritual space all right the second one i want to encourage you to do is you get a choice here either forgive somebody or ask someone for forgiveness Okay, we all need to do these things. We all need to do these things. We're, we're fallen beings living in a fallen world. We mess up. Other people mess up. We get hurt. We hurt other people. So I, I promise you, there's somebody you need to forgive or somebody um, whose forgiveness you need to ask for. So give some thought to that because these are things we do carry around. We carry around the burden of not having said sorry when we should have. Even if it's like in a relationship with your spouse or a child or a close friend or your parent, someone that you're close with, and you have the kind of relationship where even if you didn't explicitly say sorry, you kind of can pick up and move on, right? But that kind of is a burden. It's a burden on you and it's a burden on that relationship. Even if the other person forgives you and you still haven't said sorry, it's a burden on you, something that you're carrying. So think about something like that, perhaps a situation like that, maybe something really big from your past that you need to say you're sorry for. Or the reverse of that, something you need to let go of. Somebody who you're struggling to forgive, maybe because they haven't said sorry. That's not an excuse. We're still called to forgive, even if the person's not sorry, right? That's what Jesus did. He gave us that example and he calls us to forgive others. Even it doesn't matter if they're sorry. It's nice if they're sorry. It's helpful if they're sorry, but maybe you're holding on to something from your past that really hurt you. It could be something big. It could be something small, whether it was something that happened in a friendship, something that happened with a stranger. If you're holding on to hurt from your past, Ask God for that grace. Spend some time in prayer, asking God for the grace to forgive and to let it go. Allow yourself to declutter your heart in that way, because sometimes we we kind of push it off and we we don't want to deal with these things because it's uncomfortable. These aren't pleasant feelings we have, right? Anger or resentment that we might be holding on to, even inside of otherwise good relationships. But deal with that clutter. 
We don't realize that it's bearing a weight on us. It's pulling us down. It's holding us back. Don't let your past hold you back. Whether it's that you need to ask someone for forgiveness. And that's really a very humbling thing to do. I don't know how often you practice this in your relationships with people. But in those places where I'm really apologizing to someone, I I try to remember to say those actual words. Ask, will you forgive me? Do I have your forgiveness? Because first of all, it prompts the other person into that forgiving mode, right? Um, because that's the role that they're meant to play. That's the healing. That's the the role they're meant to play inside of that healing, right? Is forgiving and kind of reminding them of that, right? That you're 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 saying sorry and that they're called to forgive, not in a demanding way. I don't mean that, but um, kind of just clarifying who does what. But it's also a really humbling thing to do. If you avoid actually saying these words, it might be because of your pride. I know for me, it certainly can be that, that um, my pride wants me to not say those words because guess what? It's giving the other person complete power in your relationship, right? You're saying, I messed up. I'm sorry. I hurt you. But then it's giving them completely the power to forgive you or not, right? You can't control that. You can do your part. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do. That's what I'm challenging you to do is do your part saying you're sorry and asking for someone's forgiveness or the reverse of that. If there's somebody in your life that you need to forgive something that you're holding on to declutter yourself spiritually by letting go of it. And, you know, doing the first challenge, going to confession is a wonderful way to prepare for this, right? It's a wonderful way to kind of examine your heart in those places where you might need to make reparations or you might be holding on to something that's still hurting you. So those are my two challenges under decluttering your spiritual space. Challenge number one, get yourself to confession. Stop making the excuses. Just go. And then challenge number two, forgive someone or ask for forgiveness. Everybody has those things in their life, those opportunities to forgive and ask for forgiveness. All right, so those are my three different ways to declutter. First of all, your living space, right? Second of all, your digital space. And third, your spiritual space. Where are you decluttering in your life? How's it going for you? I want to hear from you. I'd love to have your feedback on this show or anything else that we've talked about on previous episodes of the Girlfriends Podcast. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can leave a comment in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. They're always published there. You can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always included in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Or you can record a voice memo on your phone. Send me a voicemail. I would love to add your voice to a future episode of the show. All right, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with more Girlfriends. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. Now we're at the segment of the show where I share some of your feedback. And I've got a couple of emails that I'm going to share this week. Um, First from Eleanor, which is a very appropriate email for me to share in this episode, which is about decluttering. Uh, Eleanor writes... Thank you for your wonderful podcast. I've listened to your helpful voice since you started your podcast. I think back in 2016. Yes, that's correct. I know. Crazy, right? Can't believe I've been doing this this long. Um, Anyway, 
That was a side note. So Eleanor goes on. I just wanted to send along a recommendation for those who might be looking for decluttering help. The podcast, The Purpose Show with Ali Casaza. I hope I'm saying that right. It's A-L-L-I-E and her last name is C-A-S-A-Z-Z-A. Really helped me with decluttering and living more intentionally. I had initially started my decluttering journey by listening to the audio version of Marie Kondo's book in 2016 when I was nesting with our first baby and then soon after found Allie. Allie's approach is to help overwhelmed moms. I have two babies under age three and have found both Marie Kondo and Allie Casaza to be lifesavers. I hope that this info helps some other overwhelmed mamas. God bless Eleanor. Thank you, Eleanor, for sending along that feedback and that recommendation. I have not listened to Allie's podcast, but I'm going to be looking that up. And I hope that others will too. I like that she's focused on decluttering from a mom's perspective, because, you know, some of us have that hesitation. Like if they're not a mom, they don't know my life. And that's legit. There's some truth to that. So for sure, I think that's a helpful resource for people to have. All right. Thank you, Eleanor, for that. Moving on, I also received some feedback from Amy this week. And um, Amy was responding to uh, the recent show where I asked people to share some of their stories of trust. I, I Some of people have been sending me these great big long stories, which are awesome and they're so inspiring. They're just a little bit too long for me to share on the show though. Um, but I appreciate you sending them and I want to encourage people to send me your stories of the challenges that you faced in trusting God and the ways in which God has blessed your trust. And I really love um, Amy sent this beautiful little story, which I'm going to share with you now. So Amy writes, I was listening to your podcast episode on why you're giving up exercise. In the beginning of the episode, you talked about trusting God and shared your example of God coming through in your life. When I was reflecting on moments when I put my trust in God, I thought back to something that happened to me around a year ago that I wanted to share with you. I was reading your book, Small Steps for Catholic Moms, Your Daily Call to Think, Pray, and Act. Side note to listeners, that's a book that I wrote um, many years ago. I co-wrote it with my good friend, Elizabeth Foss, and it's a daily devotional where each day there's a, a challenge to think, usually a quote from a saint or from scripture, pray, there's a little prompt toward prayer and act. There's an action item that encourages you to put that daily virtue into action. So they're just like one page a day devotional, um, small steps for Catholic moms. Anyway, Amy goes on, the suggested action of the day was to take the amount of money you plan to donate to church and double it. This made me really nervous because money was really tight and I had to keep a tight budget. The thought of doubling my tithe for the week was stressing me out, and I wasn't sure if I was going to follow through. At church, the collection basket came around, and instead of hesitating, I put in my doubled tithe donation. I thought it might make me feel sick, but all I felt was relief. When we left church and were walking back to our car, I got a notification on my phone. The notification was alerting me that someone had just put in an order to my Etsy shop in exactly the amount I had just donated to church. God is so good, and I trust him completely when it comes to financial stresses. Now I just need to be more trusting when it comes to everything else. God bless you, and thank you for your ministry. Sincerely, Amy. So thank you, Amy, for sharing that story. I really find that inspiring. Isn't that just beautiful, you guys, that God gave her that little encouragement because she stepped out in faith. She trusted God when it was hard, right? And how many of us experience that? And then I know I have experienced that and then chosen to do the safe thing rather than stepping out and trusting God. 
And so that story is just a really inspiring challenge to those of us who might hesitate in that way, that God rewards our trust. And it might not always be in a perfect little story that works out like that, um, but God rewards our trust. How many times, looking back over time in your life, have you hesitated to trust in God and finally did, and then it all works out? Maybe not exactly the way you planned, but the way that God has planned for your life, the story he's writing in your life. I think really that's the ultimate challenge for all of us. And that's why I've been praying that litany of trust every day for 2019. And I want to invite you to join me. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, the Litany of Trust is a beautiful prayer written by one of the Sisters of Life. It's available online at sistersoflife.org. I link to it in every episode um, show notes at ascensionpress.com. So if you want to go check it out or check my Twitter feed, I link to it there regularly as well. And I've taken on the challenge of praying it every day for 2019 to see what fruit that might bear in my life, learning to trust in God and intentionally praying to grow in that trust and looking for ways, new ways to trust in God. Thank you so much for that feedback, Amy. And if you want to give me feedback, you know how to do it. You can email me, Danielle at DanielleBean.com, connect with me on social media, or record a voice memo and send it to me at that email address. Um, finally, I want to mention some in-person events, some places that I will be because I love to meet you in person. And maybe some of you can come out to some of these events. Um, Saturday, April 27th, I'm going to be speaking at the Together in Holiness Marriage Conference in San Antonio, Texas. The link for registering for that conference is in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. So go check that out. Um, March 20th to 24th. Oh, I have these switched around. Anyway, <laughs> March 20th to 24th, I'm going to be at the Los Angeles Religious Education Congress, that annual huge event that happens in LA every year. I'm going to be there representing Catholic moms. So we're going to have a booth there with Holy Cross Family Ministries. If you're coming to that event, come say hi. I would love to meet you in person. Um, and finally, I want to mention Saturday, May 11th, I'm going to be in Colorado in Littleton at... Um, Light of the World Roman Catholic Church, Giving My You Are Enough Retreat. If you're interested in finding out more about my speaking or the retreats that I give, find out more information about bringing me to your community, to the women of your parish, of your women's group, of your diocese, of your hometown, I would love to explore the opportunity of doing that with you. So you can get more information about the retreats at daniellebean.com forward slash retreats, or for information about having me come speak in your community, inviting me to be part of a conference or something you already have going on, you can go to daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. I'd love to meet you in person. I love connecting on the podcast, but really nothing beats those in-person connections. So check it out at daniellebean.com. And finally, I just want to thank you for being here. It means so much to me because I know how busy people are and I know I'm choosy about which podcasts I will listen to when I'm putting in my earbuds, whether I'm going on a long car drive or going for a walk around my neighborhood. I am choosy about what I listen to and I know you are too. So it means so much to me that you make time in your life for the ways in which we connect here at Girlfriends. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for being a part of the Girlfriends community. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. <laughs>